Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not um, come through, so it's something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now, hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one place, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. You can't give him any time. Doesn't matter how many timeouts he has left. One, two, three, it doesn't matter. 37 seconds, 27 seconds, a minute and five seconds. The combination of Aaron's right arm, Devontae Adams leaping catches over the middle, and Mason Crosby's foot and leg give the Packers a 30-28 to win over the San Francisco 49ers. I think the Packers deserve two wins. Congratulations to the Green Bay Packers for defeating the San Francisco 49ers and overcoming Jerome Boger's officiating crew to improve to 2-1. and one. I'll have to check the official rules. Shouldn't the Packers be 3-1? and one? Had two victories tonight. Am I wrong? Welcome in. It's Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. I'm Greg Matzik with you until 1 o'clock, and we'll take your phone calls gladly. We'll happily take your phone calls here on the Packers Radio Network at 855-616-1620. Incredibly satisfying win for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, And really, in, in large respects, I think their best performance of the season. I get it. I understand they shut out the Detroit Lions in the second half of that Monday night matchup at Lambeau Field. And that was also a nice step forward, but let's be honest here. We were all waiting for this game. After the debacle that was week one against the New Orleans Saints in Jacksonville, I don't think anybody looked at the Detroit Lions and says, this will be the game that lets us know what these Packers are really all about. No, it was a bounce-back opportunity in prime time on the home field against a far lesser opponent. But tonight, on the road in prime time, against the San Francisco 49ers team that had an incredible start to the season and knocking off Detroit and took a little step back maybe in Week 2, but still earned a win on a cross-country flight to Philadelphia in a low-scoring game. This was the game that you looked at and said, well, you come out of there with a win, things start to look a little interesting for the Green Bay Packers, right? They improved to 2-1 and with an incredible victory tonight. Mason Crosby's 51-yard field goal as time expired the difference in tonight's game. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us here on the program. Again, we'll take your calls until 1 o'clock. Boy, there's a lot to get through here in tonight's game. Number one, I want to give kudos to the Packers' offensive line because for the most part, Aaron Rodgers was pretty clean tonight. Pretty clean. Now keep in mind, the Packers were playing without David Bakhtiari. They were playing without Elton Jenkins. These are all pro-caliber players at left tackle. Bakhtiari, the true left tackle. Elton Jenkins sliding over to left tackle to replace Bakhtiari until he's healthy. So Elton Jenkins was out. You've got two rookies already starting in Royce Newman and Josh Myers. And then you slide Josh Nyman over to left tackle. He's starting left tackle. And after the first offensive series, I was a little bit worried because that Bosa guy, he can play. And he was active tonight. And on the second drive, curiously, he was not in the game for the first few plays. 
And that's when Aaron Rodgers took his first deep shot, one of many deep shots tonight. It was a 48-yard pitch and catch to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So this was the interesting part of the offense for Matt LaFleur tonight. You know you've got an offensive line that is kind of a skeleton crew here. You've got some rookies. You've got Yash Nyman making his first career start. Your all-pro everythings are gone. And you can include Corey Lindsley in that discussion because he now plays for the Chargers. So I, ordinarily you'd look at this and say, whew, good luck. On the road, hectic environment, hostile, a true road game for the Packers. I don't think week one was a true road game for as much as it was a hot in Jacksonville, Florida game, and away from Green Bay, wasn't a true road game. So that was a true road game. Rabid fans in the stands at Levi's Stadium, a place the Packers have had some missteps uh, since Matt LaFleur has arrived. But you still had enough deep balls in the offensive game plan to take advantage of a secondary that was beat up. They were equally as beat up in the 49ers secondary as the Packers were beat up on the offensive line. That's what I was impressed about. I was very impressed that the offensive game plan said, you know what, we're going to trust. We can get it done. We can block enough. We've got to take shots deep against the San Francisco secondary. And that's exactly what happened tonight. We are going to step aside here for a quick instant replay update. When we come back, we'll get to your phone calls. We will also talk to the voice of the Packers, Wayne Larravee, as we go through and dissect a rather incredible victory for the Green Bay Packers. Very satisfying win tonight at Levi's Stadium. Time for a look around the league presented by Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. What better place to start than the NFC North, where the Bears started rookie quarterback Justin Fields. First career start, and, well, it did not go well. And on third down from his own 25-and-a-half-yard line, Fields waits as the Browns load up. Snap back. He's got it. Here comes Coromoa. Here comes Garrett. They got him again! Miles Garrett, four-and-a-half sacks on the afternoon! Yeah, it didn't stop there. Cleveland Browns Radio Network with the call. Fields, six of 20 passing, just 86 yards. He was sacked nine times on the afternoon. Nine times. Bears fall to one and two with a 26 to six loss. Elsewhere, the Detroit Lions led the Ravens 17-16 with three seconds left in the fourth. Ravens had the ball on the Detroit 48. Time for a Hail Mary, right? Well, not when you have Justin Tucker. A 66-yard try. Tucker's kick is on the way. It is good! Off the crossbar, and it tumbles through. It is good! Time has expired. Justin Tucker with the longest field goal in NFL history. The hay is in the barn, and it's mayhem on the field. Yeah, you heard it right, courtesy of the Baltimore Ravens Radio Network. A 66-yard field goal wins it for the Ravens. 19-17, the final Detroit Falls to 0-3. In Minneapolis, playing without star running back Dalvin Cook, the Vikings jumped out to a halftime lead. Cousins empty backfield out of the shotgun. Takes the snap, takes the handoff, floats right, fade right in. as the Vikings in very nitty-gritty fashion have taken a 2017 lead. Paul Allen, the call, Vikings Radio Network, nine receptions, 118 yards, and a touchdown for Justin Jefferson. Vikings are 1-2 and two after a 30-17 win over the Seattle Seahawks. The Buffalo Bills improved to 2-1. and one. They knock off the Washington football team 43-21. It was the Titans over the Colts by a score of 25-16. Chargers 30, Chiefs 24. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are 1-2 and two on the season. 
It was the Saints over the Patriots, 28-13. The Falcons over the Giants, 17-14. New York now 0-3. The Bengals are 2-1. The Steelers are 1-2. Bengals earn the victory, 24-10. Cardinals 31, Jaguars 19. The Broncos blank the Jets, 26-0. They improved to 3-0 with the win. Raiders are also 3-0 in the AFC West, knocking off the Dolphins, 31-28. It was the Rams handing Tom Brady and the Buccaneers a loss, 34-24 the final. And the Panthers, of course, on Thursday night, improved to 3-0 with a 24-9 win over the Texans. Eagles and Cowboys on Monday Night Football. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. More after this on the Packers Radio Network. Roger Shotgun takes and looks. Has time. Winds up. Rainbows. MVS wide open. Cross the 30. Right sideline. Pull down from behind. Inside the 20 at the San Francisco 18-yard line. Jaquaski chart. The safety caught him. But a huge pass play of 48 yards. Chevrolet is proud to be the best-selling brand in Wisconsin and the official vehicle of the Green Bay Packers. Trust Chevy on your team. Visit your local Chevy dealer today. All sorts of deep balls for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers tonight. Uh, And you know what? A a defensive pass interference play, that's just as good as a a completion. And you had several over 25 yards tonight. Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, all on the receiving ends of either deep balls or pass interference calls. MVS involved as well early in the first quarter on a pass of 48 yards, would set up the Packers' uh, first touchdown that went to Devontae Adams. So uh, it was in the game plan tonight, albeit with an offensive line that was a a little dinged up. So credit the Packers' offense for sticking with their plan, understanding that the defensive line for the San Francisco 49ers is a bit of a strength. They've struggled against the run a little bit, but they can definitely get after the quarterback. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Get to your phone calls in a moment. Let's first check in with Wayne Larvey, the voice of the Green Bay Packers, who had another call of a Mason Crosby field goal that split the uprights as time expired. Wayne, I'm not sure if you can count how many you've had over your career and Mason's. They always seem to go in when the money's on the line. When the money's on the line, you're right, Greg. Um, you know, I thought he made, what, 21 in a row getting, getting set for that one. I said, oh, my gosh, you know. How many more in a row could he make? Can he make one more? And he had enough on it. You know, the air is kind of thick out here in Northern California in the evening, you know, when the sun sets. And so I noticed the kickoffs weren't going quite as deep uh, as easily. And so um, I was a little worried about the 51-yard field goal, but uh, Mason and the Packers were not. Wayne, why in the world do the 49ers kick the ball into the end zone with 37 seconds on the clock, no timeouts. <laughs> Haven't they seen the special teams of the Packers? Right, They don't exactly live on the other side of the 25-yard line, and then they get to run a little more clock off. I was shocked to see that ball go into the end zone after San Francisco took the lead. Well, I was delighted to see it, uh, but I didn't really think of it in those terms, but you're exactly right. Um, yeah, I mean, even squid the darn thing down there, but I guess they just didn't want to give the Packers – you know, they were maybe they were concerned about Kylan Hill, you know, on, on a return and that type of thing. But um, no, I, I was kind of surprised. But they felt if they gave the Packers a 75 yard field with which to work, they felt their defense could hold up. Well, special teams was a, a bit of a mixed bag tonight, Wayne. I'm, I'm glad we're not talking about the turning point of this game being a, a long kick return oh, no. just before the end of the first half that set up the first touchdown. Green Bay had played so well up until that point. That, that was a little stain on that first half. 
Yeah, I think that was you know that was what worried me all night, Greg, was that uh, kick return and and it did it changed the complexion of the game, you know. Um, so I thought at that point in time, you know, obviously the 49ers get back into the ball game, they get the ball at the start of the second half, and you know this is the, that that's where the game was hanging in the balance for the rest of the second half. But um, you know that's the thing. You kept worrying about would that one play, would we look back on at the end of the game and say, that got the Niners going, got them back in the game. What did you make of the night of uh, Eric Stokes pressed into starting duty with the injury to Kevin King? You know, he got a uh, questionable, I thought questionable pass interference call on him. I thought he played well. I don't know, Greg, I thought he held up really well and made a couple of plays downfield. And, um, the one thing about the kid, he's he doesn't flinch. And uh, I think John Kuhn mentioned that, Larry's mentioned it. Um, the stage is not too big for him. And I kept thinking as the game went on, I know Garoppolo and Debo Samuel are really good, but are they better than Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers who are torching this kid for the entire summer? So I think he's been well prepared. Looking at the way the defense played tonight, Wayne, I thought I, you were saying the word pressure more tonight than, than I think in either of the first two games, certainly game one against uh, the New Orleans Saints. But it just felt like there was a little more activity on that defensive line and, and, and pushing the pocket a little bit on Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, Greg, I thought so too. I mean, they had to generate pressure with five-man rushes in the second half against Detroit. I thought the, the um, activity on the defensive line was much better tonight. Um, you were looking at guys getting home a little bit. I thought Kenny Clark is just having an outstanding season, and, and he really needs to because he's not getting a lot of help up front. But I thought tonight we saw a little bit of Dean Lowry showed up uh, in that ball game tonight, and I thought Tyler Lancaster made a couple of plays on the ground game. So, um, you know, this defense, and Matt LaFleur said it after the game, um, they played with a kind of passion and energy that uh, that he's been looking for. Well, and Devontae Adams, he, uh, I know he's went to the podium. He was able to speak, so uh, and he obviously took the field after going to the blue tent. So it uh, looks like he's going to be in uh, pretty good shape, was good enough to play through the uh, the wicked hit he took tonight. Um, I did not think it was a particularly good night for Jerome Boger's uh, crew. I, I'm i not one to criticize officiating, Wayne. I've done this show over 100 times, and I could probably count on one hand how many times have I said, wow, that was a rough night. But to me, yeah, I don't want to get you in trouble. I don't know if it does get you in trouble. That was a rough night. I thought it was a bad night uh, for the officiating crew. I thought at one point, you know, their calls were willing the Niners back into the game in that second half. Um, yeah, no question. Um, at the very least, defenseless player, Devontae Adams, on that hit by Jimmy Ward. And I know it's a bang-bang football play, but, but the fact is they're trying to get those kinds of plays out of the game. And uh, I thought they were very inconsistent in some of their calls. Um, Jair Alexander roughing the quarterback. Boy, that just didn't look like it. You know, I don't know how he could have pulled up in that situation, and yet he did not drive the quarterback. He didn't hit him in the head or anything like that from what I saw. So, you know, there were a couple of calls like that. Uh, the Packers got the benefit of a no call on a trip by, uh, you know, um, Smith uh, earlier in the ball game. But, uh, no, I thought that crew was not good. Well, nonetheless, Wayne, I think you look at this game, and, and this was a game I think we all pointed to. Even after the win over Detroit, you felt like that was a great bounce-back opponent after the Week 1 debacle in Jacksonville against the Saints. But I think we all look to this game as one that, that maybe had a little more sizzle to it. Prime time again on the road, hostile environment, a true road game against a, a playoff-caliber opponent. Coaches who know each other very well, like, like there was sizzle behind this one. This is a... It was a fantastic game to watch. High entertainment value, but incredibly satisfying win. 
No question, Greg. Um, and, you know, I said we would know a lot about the Packers after this week and next week against the Steelers. Uh, I'm not sure what the Steelers have. I don't know if Watt played today or not, but um, uh, they got beat at home by Cincinnati. And uh, we're going to see the Steelers and Bengals in the next two weeks. So, um, you know, this was just an excellent win for this football team. Um, if they're as good as we thought they were going into the season, and they weren't the first two weeks, but tonight uh, gives you an indication that they are capable of being a very good football team in this league and, and, and playing with anybody anywhere. Fun to listen to your call tonight, Wayne. Uh, enjoy the rest of your night. Travel safe, and we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good, Greg. Thanks. You appreciate it. That's Wayne Larry, voice of the Green Bay Packers, who called tonight's 30-28 to victory. We do have an open phone line or two for you. We will get to those calls coming up on the other side. We'll recap tonight's victory. Got plenty of highlights, locker room conversation as well. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Devontae in motion to the right. Rodgers swings it out. Left side, Devontae turned back the other way. And it's wide open for a little swing pass from Rodgers. Touchdown, Green Bay. And the Packers lead 9 to nothing. 3.19 to go in the first. Yeah, brilliant play designed by Matt LaFleur sets up the Packers' first touchdown. Eight plays, 39 yards, 4.54 off the clock. That was the field goal drive that started the game. Second drive resulted in a touchdown, seven plays, 80 yards, 4.06. And the Packers took a 10-0 lead. Very nicely Design play by Matt LaFleur. Welcome back in. It's Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. The 555 is back. That means five years, no interest, five months, no first payment, 5% same-day order savings at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Visit PellaWI.com. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to check us out here until 1 o'clock on the Packers Radio Network. Let's begin with uh, Jamie in Stevens Point. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Jamie. When you say Wisconsin, that's all you got to say. Crosby delivers the kick. The Bruins delivered the division. Steve Stripper de- delivers the Ryder Cup. It's all Wisconsin, baby. And you know what? We got the NBA trophy. We're going to have the World Series trophy. We're going to have the Lombardi trophy. You're going to have to come to Wisconsin to see all the trophies. It's all Wisconsin, baby. Pretty remarkable weekend. Wouldn't you say? I mean, it is the capper to a, uh, a very entertaining weekend. If you were in the greater Kohler area, if you're you know, living in the state of Wisconsin, listening to this program in the state of Wisconsin, you got to digest the Ryder Cup, a Brewers division title, and then, of course, uh, the Packers' Sunday night win over the Niners. Yeah, it's not a bad way to cap the weekend, is it? Absolutely. But, you know, where do you go from here? If you're the Green Bay Packers, you've had one debacle, a bounce-back performance, pitched a shutout in the second half against Detroit, a far lesser opponent, and then he go out and beat a playoff-caliber team in the San Francisco 49ers, a place that has not been easy to win games. I know the Packers won there a season ago, but I also remember them getting trounced in the NFC Championship game and earlier that season in Matt LaFleur's first trip back to face Kyle Shanahan's Niners. And it's, I don't want to say it's a house of horrors, but some bad memories in that stadium. And uh, tonight was a satisfying win. You jumped out to that early lead. The Packers really dominated the first half. I had no doubt that 49ers were going to come back a little bit, and they did. Whether it was uh, influenced by the officiating or not, they were going to come back. But the way it it mapped out uh, in the end with Aaron Rodgers taking the ball with 37 seconds left and no timeouts, needing, let's see, about 50 yards or so, roughly, a little less than that, uh, 
In fact, they didn't even get 50 yards. They had a 25-yard pass play to Devontae Adams, then about a 16-yard pass play, and that was about it. Rock and roll Mason Crosby, a 51-yarder. He also had a 54-yarder earlier in the game, and then a 38-yarder, so three field goals tonight for Mason Crosby, each of which uh, were crucial in tonight's win. When you do talk about special teams, you have to go beyond what you see in the return game, And, and that's still a bit of a mystery to me, the return game and the kick coverage units. But I think Packers have a pretty good punter. And they've got an extraordinary kicker. No doubt about that. 855-616-1620. James is next in Milwaukee. You're on Packers OT. Hi, James. Hey, how you doing tonight? Doing okay, well, James. You know that was fun, say? man. That was fun. Do you enjoy it? Oh, I'm going to tell you what. I enjoyed it, but I was a little bit mad there for a while because now you know what's going on. The Packers were hot. They played good. Their defense played good. The offensive line was all right. It should, you know, if if we had uh, Bakhtari back, uh, we'd have been better. But hey, they played great. Now I'm going to say this. Okay, here we are on that defense, and King is out. I think we were better on defense without him tonight. And I'm going to say this: the referees. You said this right at the start of the show. We had like two wins tonight, and that's what I told your guy. I said, yeah, it was. We beat the 49ers, and we beat the referees, and that was the harder team to beat tonight. And But they did it. I'm going to tell you what. There's one other thing, and I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to let you go. Okay, so now when Devontae got hit in the head with that helmet, can the league look at that too because – that was so blatant. That man should be thrown out for that. Uh, yes. Now, you have a good night. Yeah, I appreciate you, James. Thanks for the phone call. I, I want to go through in detail all of the – it, it's a list here. It's quite a list. All of the, the head-scratching I did, what was that? How? Did, why is that called, or how is that not called? And I did think the Packers did benefit from one no-call. I think there was a Preston Smith trip that was missed. But that was about it. I thought the pass interference calls were legit. But I've got a list here. We'll go through it coming up on the other side. I'll also answer uh, James's question about uh, what officials do ex post facto. Could there be a fine for a chief shot like that? Short answer is yes. We'll get into that and more coming up on the other side. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. 54-yard field goal attempt off the right hash mark. Snap and placement. The kick is up, and it is good. Mason Crosby hits the field goal to pay off the opening drive of the game. And a reminder that Sartori Cheese donates $1,000 to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin for every field goal by Green Bay. $3,000 donation tonight will be made to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin. 54-38-51 and a game winner for Mason Crosby. The Packers outlast the San Francisco 49ers 30-28 to to improve to 2-1. and 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us on Packers OT, presented by Pella, Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Todd is in Superior joining us next. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Todd. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, just couple observations the uh the officiating was uh and the non-calls were just horrible and uh with kevin king being out um i think stokes got himself a starting job that's just my opinion i 
I don't know, whatever you, I would like to hear your opinion, and I'll get off the phone. Thank you. You know, when it when it came down to it, I think Eric Stokes played a really solid game tonight. And what I've noticed is just how ridiculously fast he is. So everybody's going to look to the Jair Alexander interception, which was an unbelievable play. The amount of ground he covered, I mean, he played that thing like a safety. It was just a brilliant play by one of the best in the league. I thought Stokes' coverage was outstanding. Uh, granted, I get it. He's he's covering a tight end. That's a pretty darn good tight end. Uh, he also appears to have a short memory. Uh, I mean, he allowed a couple of pass plays tonight, no doubt. But he also prevented a couple of pass plays tonight. Had a great breakup on a Debo Samuel ball uh, in the end zone. I, he's solid, man. I, he got room to grow. And if he's on the field as a rookie, you can better bet he's going to get picked on a little bit. But he could also shut that down in a hurry if he keeps playing well. Uh, I do think Kevin King, they've used him in the slot a little bit. Of course, not available tonight, so they had Shannon Sullivan playing in the slot. But that's kind of where I think he belongs. Uh, he is not an outside corner. If he can't get his hands on you, it's a problem. Uh, so, yes, I, I think Eric Stokes played very well tonight. Now let's go through the list, shall we? Could anybody tell me why it was not intentional grounding on Jimmy Garoppolo toward the end of the first half before the Trey Lance touchdown that put San Francisco on the board. Did I miss something there? Why was that not intentional grounding? I have no idea. I don't know the answer to that question. Maybe I need to refresh the rule book. I felt like it should have been intentional grounding. Perhaps I was wrong. The no call on Adams, I just don't get. Especially when you juxtapose it with Jair Alexander being called for roughing the passer on a play where he clearly let up on the quarterback and Jimmy Garoppolo did not fall down. Jimmy Garoppolo just walked away on his feet as Jair sort of, he made contact and he sort of rolled off of Garoppolo and he didn't even fall down. He didn't even try, he didn't try to sell the call in any way. And that came just, you know, minutes after Devontae Adams was blasted across the middle of the field as a defenseless receiver and was laying on the ground trying to figure out where the hell he was. Then he had to go to the blue tent. I was shocked to see him come back in the game. Not only did he come back in the game, he made two big catches on that final drive and helped set up the Packers' game-winning field goal. But those two highlights, like, back-to-back? Like, what am I missing here? It it just didn't add up to me. I I get it. You're trying to protect the quarterback. That's what we do in this league. You protect the quarterback at all costs, right? What about a defenseless receiver? Why was that a no-call? Uh, and answered James's question from prior to the break. Yes, absolutely. The NFL could look back at that and say, you know what, we are bad. That's We missed that one. And I, I don't know who the uh, offending defender was, but yes, they could absolutely be fined and get a chunk of money out of their game check. So that's just the start of it. The rough in the passer on uh, Jair, as I mentioned, the no call on Adams, the DPI on Stokes. I, I didn't think that was a catchable ball for Brandon Ayuk. Uh, you had a tripping that was called on Adrian Amos, but he was being hogtied to the ground in what was a clear hold. Did Debo Samuel, I think it was Samuel, might have been Ayuk, but he, he, he used the ground to catch the ball. That seemed pretty apparent to me. The Packers challenged the call, and for whatever reason, the call that was on the field was upheld. Now, that's just a short list, right? This is off of memory. So I'm just thinking, you might be thinking of three or four other plays. It was a rotten night for Jerome Boger's crew. And somehow the Packers were able to overcome all that garbage and beat a playoff-caliber team on the road. So bravo, Jerome. That was a pigsty.
Packers emerged with a 30-28 to win. The 49ers led for, what, 36 seconds in this game, something like that. I mean, they had a field goal, uh, excuse me, a touchdown that left 37 seconds left on the board. Uh, the Packers regained that lead as time expired. So pretty impressive game overall. That's a lot of entertainment value there tonight. If you're a casual fan, that was a treat. And uh, certainly if you're a Packers fan, you feel good about the outcome. Is there something that really stood out to you, whether it was offense, defense, was tonight a step forward for the defense? To me, it was in some respects, and there's still one area where I look at it and say, you got to be better. I'm going to explain what that is coming up on the other side. Time for a quick update here and a look around the league presented by our good friends at Cousins Subs. A look around the league presented by Cousins Subs. We believe in better. Start in the AFC, shall we, where we had a walk-off winner in Vegas. Good snap, good hold. Jackpot, baby! The Raiders become the first team in history of the NFL to win their first three games against teams that all won at least ten games the previous season. Well, there's a lot in that stat there, Brent Musburger. He had the call for Compass Media, the Vegas Raiders radio network. 31-28, the final Dan Carlson's game winner, 22 yards out. The difference in the game, the Raiders are 3-0. and How about Derek Carr? My goodness. Derek Carr has 1,203 passing yards in three games. Raiders 3-0 and for the first time since 2002. They are not the only undefeated team in their own division. However, the Broncos are undefeated. Double tight end set plus a fullback on first and goal at the one. They hand it off running left side. Gordon hit and runs through a tackle and prances into the end zone with a Denver touchdown. Dave Logan with the call on KOA in Denver. Broncos earn a 26-0 win over the winless New York Jets. Raiders and Broncos now 3-0. and The Chiefs are 1-2. and Thanks to the Los Angeles Chargers. Herbert to throw toward the end zone. Mike Williams caught. Touchdown, Chargers. Fist pump from Keenan Allen. Four yards. Herbert to Mike Williams for the second time today, and the Bolts go up six. Matt Money Smith with the call on the Alts 98-7, a Los Angeles Chargers radio network. Four touchdown passes for Herbert. Chargers picked off Patrick Mahomes twice, including late in the fourth with Kansas City driving. Elsewhere around the league, it was the Minnesota Vikings improving to 1-2 and two with a 30-17 to 17 win over the Seattle Seahawks. Rams over the Buccaneers, 34-24. to 24. It was the Cardinals over the Jaguars, 31-19. The Steelers, Green Bay's next opponent next week at home, fall to the Bengals, 24-10. Ben Roethlisberger, 318 yards passing, but 58 attempts. Also playing without his top target in Deontay Johnson. Falcons over the Giants, 17-14, picking up their first win of the season. Saints are 2-1, 28-13. They dispose of the New England Patriots. Titans over the Colts, 25-16. The Colts are winless at 0-3. The Ravens use a 66-yard game-expiring field goal to win and knock off the Lions. That's right, a 66-yard field goal that hit the crossbar off the foot of Justin Tucker, bounced over. Ravens 19, Lions 17. Browns over the Bears 26-6. Justin Fields' first start, not memorable. He sacked nine times in a loss. And it was the Bills over Washington 43-21. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. They get motion by Cobb to the left. Here's the handoff to Jones. Juke move right, touches left to the end zone for the touchdown. 
and the Packers lead 16 to nothing. For every Packers touchdown scored this season, Sargento donates $2,000 to help fight hunger through its Touchdowns for Hunger program shared by Milwaukee's Hunger Task Force and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. Three touchdowns tonight for the Packers, so $6,000 donated to Touchdowns for Hunger. Again, feeding families in Wisconsin. Sargento will continue to donate 2000 bucks per touchdown to Touchdowns for Hunger throughout the season, benefiting Hunger Task Force of Milwaukee and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. Sargento the official cheese of the Green Bay Packers. Nice night for Aaron Jones. You know, it was not a great night running the football for the Green Bay Packers. Very modest night, I would say. 19 carries, 82 yards. Felt like the Packers were able to find a little bit more room to run in the second half as uh, compared to the first half. Uh, but 4-3, a carry for Jones. A.J. Jones sort of you know plotted along with three. It was tough going, and this is against a... a 49ers front that had yielded five yards per carry but again you have to look at the Packers offensive line here and realize that they are just kind of a mash unit and oh by the way they're starting two rookies so there's a lot to be proud of here I think for the Packers on offense as Aaron Rodgers was in large part held upright and uh you know the offensive numbers I think are, are solid here on the road in a very hostile environment the Packers have not played a true road game in over a year, like just think about that. Week one was, I guess, a road game, but it was in Jacksonville with a Packers-friendly crowd. Packers did not play in front of fans uh, for the bulk of last season and had all their playoff games at Lambeau. So uh, not really many hostile environments in recent memory for the Packers. Speaking of, Aaron Jones had a fine night this evening, rushing the football 82 yards on the ground. He also had 14 through the air. Aaron Jones standing by with Larry McCarron in this locker room report. Aaron, what's the feeling with what you guys did tonight? Uh, you know, it's a great feeling. Uh, you, we go out every week since camp, uh, practice two-minute end of game, uh, end of half, and to go out there and execute is special. And I mean, we had 12, so we, we know we give him some time, we'll, we'll be good. Well, you know, you also have a running game paced by yourself, and you average over four a carry against a really tough, tough, outfit you know and it's the kind of game where every yard every inch is earned and it's got to be even all the more satisfying oh yes sir you know they they, they have, like you said they're a great defense so um every yard is definitely earned not given and um they don't give up a lot of yards in the running game so to be able to take what they give us and um use that and play off of it in the play action and different things like that helps so i uh, look forward to helping this team any way i can one last thing for you Aaron. okay they take the lead and i don't know what time was left not much Aaron Jones is thinking what got to go got to go down and score we got to go down and win this game we, we're gonna win that's all I'm thinking um you know like I said we we practice it so much and that's too much time on the clock with 12 back there I think it was 37 seconds left too much time so um practice pays off our work pays off and um congratulations to the guys one other thing I lied one other thing hey nice job help, helping out Yash and Boja on occasion. I mean, once again, you step up there and stick your nose in there. Oh, yes, sir. You know, you got to, they, they helped me out, so I got to help them out. And uh, is, like I said, we keep 12 clean. Big plays will happen. You know, it's a very interesting observation there by Larry. I made note of it as well. You know, on that final drive, you know the Packers are going to pass, right? And you know Bosa's just sitting there saying, let's, let's eat. Time to eat. Watch the final play to Devontae Adams. Aaron Jones came off the line and, and did his best. I mean, he, he knocked into Bosa. 
Otherwise, you're, you're working on Yash Nyman, but it, just enough of a chip, right? Just enough to slow him up. It was a crucial play, obviously, that set up the game-winning field goal. But Aaron Jones doing a little bit of the dirty work tonight in the Packers' 30-28 to victory. One hour down, one to go here on the Packers Radio Network. We'll take your calls coming up on the other side. Back to the locker room as well. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not um, come through. So it's something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now, hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one play, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. In front of a hostile crowd at Levi's Stadium, the Packers. Behind some heroics from Aaron Rodgers and Mason Crosby, pull out a gutsy 30-28 to victory over the San Francisco 49ers and approved to 2-1. They're coming back home. Very satisfying flight, as you might imagine. They'll take on the Pittsburgh Steelers one week from tonight at Lambeau Field. Welcome back in. It's Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. The 555 is back. That means five years, no interest, five months, no first payment, and 5% same-day order savings at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Visit PellaWI.com. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us here, we've got an open phone line for you. We'll get back into the locker room as well before we do any of that. We'll step aside 10 seconds for our stations to identify themselves on the Packers Radio Network. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2, Milwaukee. Take it from me, Mark Tauscher. Orthopedic Associates has what it takes to stay in the game. There is a difference. And we go out east to Ian in the state of New York, joining us on Packers OT. Thanks for holding. Hi, Ian. How's it going, guys? Doing good. So I, I know the story The story for the general media is going to be the officiating was bad, the hit on Devontae Adams, the great comeback. But for me, as a Packer fan, I was excited to see some role players step up, be it Nyman, be it Stokes, be it Tyler Lancaster. We got a lot of contributions from guys down on the roster today that really excited me for the weeks coming down. I, did you know much about those guys coming in, Ian, or did they just sort of – you know, jump off the TV screen to you tonight. Uh, I'm a, I'm a diehard, so I knew them. I knew they were there. I knew what they could do, but we haven't seen it yet. And actually seeing it in action today, I know Stokes had a couple of plays where he got beat, a couple of penalties, but I thought he played well. I thought Tyler Lancaster jumped off the screen when he was there, and I thought Nyman played really well for what he what we're we're expecting nothing, and we got a lot out of it. I was really excited for the role players today. Really excited. Yeah, it's I think a, that means more down the road. It's a great observation, Ian. And it, it, you have to have Super Bowl depth. And and I don't know if the Packers have it just yet. But games like tonight are the kinds of instances where you look at it and say, okay, well, if we got to go to that guy, we'll just go to that guy. Great, you'll be fine. And they don't have that level of worry. I, I don't think that's. I don't think anybody would be shocked to see Eric Stokes just sort of take over and be opposite Jair Alexander. Uh, there may still be a spot for Kevin King as a, a slot corner or in a, a nickel package. I, you just you, you can't run like Eric Stokes. And 
you'd almost rather he use the regular season as his kind of proving and seasoning ground to you know the point where you get into the postseason and you feel really good about him. Uh, I did not know what to expect out of Yash Nyman tonight. And uh, quite frankly, on that first drive the Packers had, it resulted in a field goal, I get it. I, but Joey Bosa was a, a wrecking crew. And I, I was a little worried. Like I, I, was a, I was a little worried that Bosa was just going to blow up. And he, he certainly affected plenty uh, on the defensive end. And he's going to do that any time he takes the field. He's just that good of a player. But I, it never felt like he totally took over the game. And my goodness, when he gets into his stance, it looks like he's going to just launch out of a cannon. But Yash Nyman did a fine job on him. And Mercedes Lewis took him out a little bit. So you had a little extra attention on that left side at times. Not all the time, but at times there was somebody there to chip or try and lock up. There were double teams, and that's what you do against some of the best players. Especially when you've got, a, a, I guess in essence, a third string starting left tackle who hadn't started a game in over a 1,000 days. So I, I, those are encouraging signs. And the game plan, I thought, from Matt LaFleur was, was outstanding because it, even though you had a, a mixed-matched offensive line, you stayed committed enough to the deep ball because of the 49ers' secondary situation. So they, they started the game beat up, and then they lost Josh Norman, and they're starting Nickelback, who is, I guess, technically the, the backup Nickelback, but he started tonight. And then he was lost due to injury. So there was plenty for Aaron Rodgers to pick on in that secondary. If he could just give him enough time to throw, he could have those opportunities for big plays. And we saw plenty of it. We saw up top to Alan Lazard and just a brilliantly thrown ball. We saw MVS split the safeties. Finally, he and Aaron connect on a deep ball. And these are 40-plus yard plays. And then the defensive pass interference calls and everything we saw on the last drive to Devontae Adams. The secondary for the 49ers was not in good shape coming into the game, and they come out of the game in worse shape than they started. So that was part of the game plan. Can we just give Aaron enough time to dial up a few deep balls? Because those were field-flipping plays that resulted ultimately in points being put on the board. I mean, the Packers were knocking on the door of the red zone on that first drive, and then all of a sudden they had a third and 33. So thank goodness for the you know bomb, if you will, to Alan Lazard to set everything up. And even after some disastrous play and penalties and whatnot, you had an opportunity to kick a field goal. So it all works together. But yes, the depth of the roster, that plays out. As the season moves on, that plays out. You learn a little more about you know Vernon Black and you know, on tonight, Yash Nyman. Maybe didn't know much about him coming in. Certainly hadn't had an opportunity to play on this kind of stage before, and they stood tall, and they walk out with a victory. That's good stuff. 855-616-1620, if you'd like to join us. Calvin in Chicago, you're up next. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Very nice call. First time call, I always listen to you. Um, I just, it's a great game. Aaron Rodgers, Jonathan Adams, I, I hope they stay together and stay in Green Bay because unbelievable, but my concern, I'm very, very happy what happened today, but I just, we need to see more than just Aaron Jones, Adams, because when we start playing better teams, that's not going to happen like this. Um, better secondaries. We need to get Cobb in the game. We need to get um, Scanlon more because he's just almost as good as Adams. Not as good, but he, he can be that good and and um Lazaro and um 
throw the ball to, to the tight end more like we did last year because we just I just think needs to go. It's just kind of predictable right now. Um, throwing to Adams, Adams just nobody can stop him. But if you get confidence with these other receivers and get them the ball, because like we just got a connection with um, Scanlon, you know, just just the first connection and. And he caught a, a, nice, a nice pass. But we need to get uh, other receivers involved in the game so we can be more – because if they get involved in the game, we're going to be unstoppable. I'm just – because we got Adams is just the key and Jones. And, man, that's what I want to say. I'm just happy to – Yeah, man, fun game. Appreciate you, Calvin. Thanks for the phone call. I, I get it. So, you know, a legit number two, I guess, is a, a good way to put it. And uh, we were having the same conversation last year. And – where it really showed up, I thought, was uh, in the playoff game against Tampa Bay. Really, both games against Tampa Bay. And the first one was a complete disaster. The second one just sort of fell apart. Uh, but nonetheless, I mean, you, you take Devontae Adams away, make somebody else beat you. Okay, Aaron Jones has done it. Um, but do the Packers have a true number two? This, this was a discussion point a year ago. I, I don't know that Randall Cobb is you know, the answer to all the questions here, but... Uh, I have to look back at his snap count. But I would guess that of the wide receivers, Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who left tonight with a hamstring, by the way, uh, and he's a speed guy, so he certainly has a different dimension to his game than Alan Lazard and Robert Tunyon and Cobb and Amari Rogers. if you want to go further down on the depth chart. Uh, they need MVS, no doubt. Uh, I don't think Cobb is ceremonial on this team. I think there's more to him than that, uh, but it's been a slow start here, three games in. Matt LaFleur's offense gets guys open. And you're going to have nights where the tight ends sort of, I don't want to say dominate. I always feel like Devontae Adams is going to dominate targets and whatnot. But where they have uh, more productive nights than they did tonight. Robert Tunyon, one catch for six yards. But he did draw a very important pass interference penalty. That was a 25-yard penalty. So that was key. Doesn't always show up in the stat line, but that was key. He was involved, and that was a critical play, and it was a third down play. Josiah DeGuara, he's kind of back off of injury and, you know, will be in the mix. Mercedes Lewis not targeted tonight. But that's what the game plan called for tonight. Beat up secondary. You got the best receiver in the National Football League. Feed the beast. Next week against the Steelers might be a little different. When you play the Vikings, might look a little different. Uh, so three weeks in, you know, and really it's it almost feels like two games. That first one still feels like an anomaly to me. I'm glad it feels that way today because at the time I watched it, the time you watched it, maybe it didn't feel that way. Maybe it felt like, whoo, this is going to be a long season. But the win tonight, it almost takes that week one and flushes it down the toilet. It makes you feel like that's backburner stuff. That That is not the Green Bay Packers that we can expect to watch the rest of the season. We can say that today. We didn't know after week one. It's okay. I didn't feel like the Packers were that bad. But that was a bad game. And they've rebounded with a pretty impressive second-half performance, especially against the Detroit Lions. And I thought a very entertaining game, and it was physical tonight. I like to see that. The Packers were around the ball quite a bit more often than in games one and two. The pressure was better. The one area that is still... Kind of a sticking point with me on defense is on the red zone. So there are four opportunities for the Niners tonight. Every time they got into the red zone, they scored a touchdown. That's the one element of this defense that they've not that they've not figured it out yet. They, they don't have the formula quite yet. And I get it. Drives were extended. He had some penalties and whatnot. I get it. That stuff happens. 
whether it was a legit call or not, it's a drive extender. Uh, but the Packers have been scored upon in the red zone. In fact, every time a team has entered the red zone this season against the Packers, they have scored a touchdown. So <laughs> let's just, you know, let's just look at it holistically here. That is that is some work to be done. And that's all inside the 20 kind of stuff, and that is the money area. you got to be able to stop teams and hold them to field goals, and they couldn't do that quite tonight. Uh, I think overall, pretty impressive defensive performance. If I'm going to nitpick, I look at the red zone, I see four for four touchdowns, and I'm sure they do as well, and say that, that could be a little better. That That's an area of opportunity. That's a polite way of saying it needs a little bit of work, right? Yeah, we'll go with that. 30-28 to 28 the final. The Packers sit alone on top of the NFC North Division, improving to 2-1. and one. What else happened in the NFC North today? Time for an update here. A look around the league presented by Cousin Subs. We believe in better. It was not a great day for the Bears and rookie quarterback Justin Fields making his first career start against the Browns defense that knows how to get after the quarterback. They did. And on third down from his own 25-and-a-half-yard line, Fields waits as the Browns load up. Snap back. He's got it. Here comes Coromoa. Here comes Garrett. They got him again. Miles Garrett. Four and a half sacks on the afternoon. Yeah, that was just the start of it, or more accurately, the half of it. Nine sacks against Justin Fields. So the Bears were outgained today 418-47. to There are all sorts of negative yards when you get into sacks. Field 6 of 20 passing for 86 yards. It's just a disastrous loss for the Bears. 26-6 the final. Elsewhere in the division, the Lions appear to be on track for a victory, leading 17-16 with three seconds left in the fourth. Ravens had one last attempt on the 48-yard line. The Detroit 48-yard line. Time for a Hail Mary, right? Nope. A 66-yard try. Tucker's kick is on the way. It is good! Off crossbar, and it tumbles through. It is good! Time has expired. Justin Tucker with the longest field goal in NFL history. The hay is in the barn, and it's mayhem on the field. Just an incredible scene in Detroit. Jerry Sandusky with the call. WBAL and the Ravens Game Day Network. A record-setting 66-yard field goal wins it for Baltimore, 19-17, the final. No Dalvin Cook, no problem for the Minnesota Vikings against the Seattle Seahawks. Cousins empty backfield out of the shotgun. Takes the snap, takes a handoff, floats right, fade right, and touchdown! He's Justin Jefferson! The Vikings, in very nitty-gritty fashion, have taken a 20-17 lead. Paul Allen with the call. Vikings Radio Network, 118 yards receiving for Jefferson. No Dalvin Cook, as I mentioned. Alexander Madison with 112 yards rushing. Also a receiving touchdown in today's win. Bills over Washington, 43-21. to Great day for Josh Allen. 358 yards passing, four touchdowns. And a rushing touchdown on the afternoon. Titans hand the Colts another loss, 25-16. Indianapolis now 0-3. The Kansas City Chiefs are 1-2. They fall to the Chargers this afternoon, 30-24. Saints over the Patriots, 28-13. The Falcons deliver another loss to the Giants, 17-14 the final. Packers will host the Pittsburgh Steelers in Week 4 of the regular season. The Steelers fall at home today. 
to the now 2-1 Bengals. 24-10 the final. Cardinals over the now winless Jaguars, 31-19. Broncos blank the Jets, 26-0. The Jets are 0-3. The Broncos are 3-0. So are the Raiders. They beat the Dolphins on a game-winning field goal as time expired, 31-28. Rams over the Buccaneers, 34-24. And on Monday Night Football, an NFC East matchup is on tap between the Eagles and Cowboys from Dallas. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Snap Rogers looking, throws it. Devontae's got it, and he falls to the ground inside the 35 and the 33-yard line. Time winding down, down to seven seconds. Rogers with five seconds, takes the snap and grounds the football. Three seconds ago, Mason Crosby gets a chance to win this football game. Oh, what magic by Rodgers. And now Mason Crosby. Clip notes that great clips do not involve a yellow flag. Great clips saves your details so you can get the look you love no matter which stylist or salon you visit. Download the app and schedule your greatness at your convenience. Devontae Adams, today's player of the game, the Great Clips player of the game. 12 receptions, 132 yards, and a touchdown. One vicious hit survived. And two huge receptions on the final drive. I know we could have gone to Mason Crosby here as well. Uh, I'm just saying from start to finish, Adams was a clear focal point in tonight's game, and the Niners had no answer. He was targeted 18 times in tonight's game. His long reception of 25 came on that final drive that ultimately helped set up the game-winning field goal. 12 receptions, 132 yards. Just a masterful performance. You know they're going his way, and he still can't stop it. Back shoulder, deep, drawn penalties. I mean, just an incredible night, once again, for Devontae Adams. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Let's go back to the phones here. We've got Jack in Chicago. Appreciate you holding, Jack. You're on Packers OT. Hey, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I just kind of want to circle back. I know you touched upon it a little bit in the first hour. Um, I just want to reiterate, like, Let's give all the credit to Matt LaFleur here for prepping the team for the crowd noise because this is really Green Bay's first road game since, what, the 2019 NFC Championship game, also in Santa Clara. Um, You know, I think going into the game, the deck was kind of stacked against us. You know, I was expecting, like, one of those five-plus sack sort of games. Uh, You know, you had Nick Bosa versus Yash Nyman. Uh, It's the home opener, their first game back since playing in Arizona in December. Uh, they were wearing their throwbacks. They're celebrating 75 years. It, it's kind of like uh, reminds me of the Bears' 100 anniversary. You know, celebrating 100 years of the NFL, kind of opening in that circumstances. It's like you're set up for failure, but in this case, you know, you come in with a very inexperienced line. You have aside from Billy Turner, you got like what Royce Newman, Josh Myers, John Runyon, Josh Nyman. Even even going back to uh, John Runyon, right? Like he's not uh, he's not. Um, accustomed to the NFL crowd noise. So I think at the end of the game, what, they had like one sack? They let up one sack total. Um, as far as I counted, no false starts. Uh, that, for anybody who's really kind of questioning Matt LaFleur as a head coach and his capabilities, I think this game was a big statement game for Matt LaFleur. I think he's proven that he can really get a team ready to play. And especially, as you mentioned, um, Santa Clara, of all places, is kind of like a, a black hole for the Packers. Um, this is such an incredible statement for Matt LaFleur as a head coach. Thanks a lot. Yeah, a lot of good points in there, Jack. I appreciate the phone call. This was a – it was kind of a disaster situation, right? No starting left tackle, no backup left tackle, who is really an all-pro guard. 
uh, who's done a great job at left tackle in place of David Bakhtiari. No Corey Lindsley, if you want to go back even a little further to an event of the offseason. So two rookies and then a guy who has never started at left tackle for the Green Bay Packers in a regular season game on the road in Santa Clara at Levi's Stadium on Sunday night football. Go get him, kid. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, and, and it never really slowed down what the Packers wanted to do. They they were not one-dimensional tonight. Um, and, and that's a great thing. I'm just I'm scrolling through the Packers' third down situation, and it was pretty manageable for the most part. Uh, you know, the first drive, they had a third and four. They converted. I know things kind of went haywire, and there was a third and 33 worked in there, but that was after a, a series of missteps, but whatever. It's on the board. You had a third and six that was converted, another third and four, third and eight, and they took a sack. Okay, there, well, there's your obvious passing situation where, you know, the playbook isn't wide open. So a lot of third and fours, some third and fives, some third and threes. Those are great situations to be in. And, and it does play into the offense being able to, you know, churn out first downs and, and keep the playbook wide open and make it a little bit more guesswork on the side of the defense, where they can't just say, all right, well, it's obvious passing situation. Let's go for broke here and uh, attack these young linemen and inexperienced linemen. That really wasn't the case tonight. Uh, and after the first drive the Packers had, I know they got a field goal out of it, but I wasn't sure because that's where you had some issues. And I, I think even on the, the second drive, I noticed that Bosa wasn't in the game and the Packers were really able to take advantage. So, uh, scrolling through, looking at the box score, yes, one sack, officially one sack for the 49ers tonight, and uh, Eric Armstead was credited with it. Um, Bosa did some work, but they also looked at him and said, that's the guy we need to get figured out. Uh, credited with a quarterback hit tonight and one tackle for a loss. That's a relatively quiet night from a, for a player who can absolutely wreck a game. Absolutely good stuff. Depth of the Packers on display tonight in a 30-28 to 28 win, along with Star Appeal. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. Got about a half hour left in the program. We'll get back to it after this on the Packers Radio Network. Garoppolo under center. Takes the snap. Fakes the handoff. Back to throw, and he threw it away. Oh, he lost the football. It's a fumble, and the Packers have it. Devondre Campbell has it inside the 40-yard line of San Francisco. The whatever-it-takes play of the game is presented by Bryant Heating and Cooling. Doing whatever it takes to keep your family comfortable, find your local dealer at bryant.com. So that was one of two turnovers in the game for Jimmy Garoppolo. He threw an interception to Devondre Campbell, who had a very nice game tonight. Twelve tackles uh, and another pick. Uh, He was impressive, indeed, in tonight's game. But let's set the stage for, I, I, I guess you could call it a... It was kind of a tuck rule play to me. Like, didn't this remind you of the the, the Tom Brady against the Raiders tuck rule? Right. It, it, it's kind of what it looked like. Like Jimmy Garoppolo was trying to, he was going to pump fake, and then he sort of pull, pull the ball down into his chest, and and maybe try and you know either take a sack or you know, live to fight another day. I don't know what his plan was there, but nonetheless, he ended up losing the football. Jimmy Garoppolo credited with a fumble, uh, ultimately forced by Kenny Clark, who was an absolute monster tonight. By the way. And the Packers recover with 4.58 left in the game. So they go down and they get a field goal and end up taking a 27-21 lead. Here's why that was such a significant play by the defense. Because the drive before for the Packers on offense, I, I, I boxed this one. I put a special box around it. 
I chart every play. Deep ball to Adams. He gets blasted. No call. The very next play, it looked like a throwaway, but then you saw the replay and you saw that Marquez Valdez-Scantling pulled up lame with a hamstring injury. It's what it looked like to me. And you're thinking, oh boy, what a disaster. And then on third and ten, it's incomplete in the direction of Adams. So a three and out after clearly the 49ers are starting to build a little steam. And this is in the fourth quarter, right? This is the second drive of the fourth quarter for the Packers. First full drive, but second set of plays. Three and out. Back to the Niners. Oh, boy. So they start moving the ball. They get into Packers territory, and then the fumble happens, and the Packers take over, and uh, they go down the field and get a field goal. But just think about that stretch there. You're looking at a three and out. You're seeing the momentum change. You don't know what's going on with Adams. Uh, Last time you saw him, he was in a blue tent after laying on the floor. And Marquez Valdez-Skentling, another deep ball threat, is off the field with uh, an apparent hamstring injury. And you go three and out and just give the ball right back to the Niners. Like, like to me, that felt like a significant time in this game. And in a moment where you could look at it and say, that's a potential turning point. Niners are building momentum. The Packers go three and out. Niners score again. Look out. And now you've got just a, a, a freight train moving down the track in their home stadium. But instead, the Packers' defense comes up with a play to nip it all in the bud. And not only that, but they take over with about five minutes to go, and they put points on the board. So I just a significant pivot, I think, in this game. It, it, it stalled the momentum. It, it didn't stop it altogether, right? I mean, the, the Niners took a lead here. I get that. But that just felt like a little bit of, okay, you can breathe a little bit now if you're a Packers fan and if you're on the sidelines. I was a big stretch. You talk about a two-point game, two-point victory, absolutely. Stuff like that matters. Significant moment in tonight's game. 855-616-1620. Let's uh, check in with Barry in California. Welcome to the program. Hi, Barry. Hi, Greg. Thanks so much for taking my call. Um, I kind of lost my voice after watching the game or screaming at the TV. But, you know, you think about when the schedule came out, I looked at these first four games and I said, the 49er game is the one that's going to be the real keynote one. We play the uh, Lions on Monday night, have to travel to the West Coast, and then, of course, we play them on Sunday night. And you think of some of the memorable games we've had with the 49ers, the Chris Jackie overtime field goal winner. Um, uh, Mason, four years ago, against the 49ers on Monday night after the week before, we blew all the um, field goals and whatever against the Lions, and he, and he won it in dramatic fashion. So you always feel... When we play the 49ers, is always going to be something that's going to happen. Um, I was very impressed with the poise of the team. I thought the offense seemed well-balanced. I would like if they would incorporate Randall a little bit more um, and target some other people. I think Gregorio uh, even, you know, I like when they had two tight end formation. But I like the balance on the offense. For the most part, I was very impressed with the defense as compared to what we've seen. It looks like a bit of an evolution. I thought in the beginning especially in the first half it looked good. And I and I don't want anyone to ever lose their job or anything, but I will say when I saw that Kevin King was going to be out, I figured, okay, this is a high-pressure situation for Eric Stokes. Let's see what he can do to build on what he's done so far, and I am very impressed with this young man. I think him and Jairi are a very good tandem, and um, I, I, I think that we are very fortunate to have him back there playing. So um, great great victory, great win, uh, building on the momentum from last week against the Lions in the second half. 
Um, I don't think you can flush away the Saints game. You have to learn from it. It has to stick with you. But I like the way they're trending, and I think it's extremely encouraging. I'll take your comments off the air, and thanks for taking my call. Yeah, thanks, Barry. I, you know, you, what you do, I think, with that Saints game is now you look back at it and say, okay, it, it happened, it was bad. Back-to-back wins makes you feel a little bit better, but especially after tonight. I mean, it's toe-to-toe with a team in the NFC West, which is a, a powerhouse division that is going to have something to say about being a playoff team. I, I really believe that. They, that's it's a good team, right? They're well-coached, got good pieces. They were a little bit beat up tonight. The running game was certainly different. They used George Kittle and Debo Samuel as running backs tonight. They had carries for the fullback. I mean, it's they were down to their four-string running back. And I get it. They had Trey Sermon, but he wasn't even active for week one. So let's just put that in check. Uh, and was nothing short of mediocre tonight. So, and that's a work in progress right now. So I get it. They're beat up, too. The secondary is not in good shape. It was not a full-strength San Francisco 49ers team. But it was by no means a full-strength Packers team, either. No Zadarius Smith, and they still got good pressure. No David Bakhtiari, no Elton Jenkins. Starting offensive line has two rookies on it. It's a work in progress, but they stood tall tonight. Uh, and I'll agree with you on Eric Stokes. And, and this is the NFL. It, it happens every week. Somebody goes out, somebody steps in, and that person may just hang on to the job. Uh, there's still room for Kevin King here, I think. Uh, but it's hard for me to envision a scenario where Eric Stokes isn't earning more snaps. I just... Right, that's why you draft them as a as a first round pick, and there'll be plenty to learn. Don't get me wrong, plenty to learn here. But uh, I step forward tonight uh, on the road in a, a hostile environment. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. If you'd like to join us, uh, one more step into the locker room. We will do that coming up on the other side. The turning point of the game will also have that for you as we continue on Packers OT. Packers football is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Hunter Bradley on the snap. Here it is. Placement made. Kick to the upright. And it is good! It is good! It is good! Mason Crosby has done it again! 51-yard walk-off field goal to win it for the Packers. Final score. Green Bay 30, San Francisco 28, a dagger, and late night dagger in the Bay Area, Mason Crosby delivers. Tonight's turning point of the game presented by your Wisconsin Toyota dealers. Dear driver, you're invited to save big on a new Toyota. Hurry in today. Visit Toyota.com for more information. Toyota, let's go places. That's the turning point of tonight's game, the moment in which the Packers won and defeated the San Francisco 49ers, Mason Crosby's 51-yard field goal. You know, I'm glad the turning point of the game was not a 68-yard kickoff return by uh, the kid Cannon who was signed like, I don't know, seven days ago or whatever. <laughs> he just you know, he pops off of Baltimore's practice squad right into the San Francisco 49ers, and all of a sudden he's like an ace special teams guy. And the Packers could use a guy like that, nonetheless. I'm glad that was not the turning point of tonight's game, because for a minute it felt like that was going to be a turning point. It set up the Niners' first touchdown toward the end of the half. They were able to double it up. And uh, they got the ball at the start of the second half and marched down the field and did the same thing. Got into the end zone 
All of a sudden, it's like, well, wait a minute here. What, what about that dominant first half the Packers played? It was erased in one kickoff return and one drive to start the second half. Like Just like that, it was like, it's on. And that's the disappointing part about special teams and how quickly things can change. But thankfully, that was not a turning point in today's game. Uh, in fact, as uh, our friend Dennis in Nashville points out on our text line, that's right, if you text 855-616-1620, we'll also read those occasionally. But Crosby is credited with knocking the dude out of bounds who returned the ball 68 yards. I mean, it looked like he was running free. But there was Mason sizing him up on the sidelines and officially credited with a tackle. We don't have that highlight. We'd like to burn that highlight if we had it anyway. But Mason Crosby, all sorts of involved here for the Packers on special teams. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Uh, we do have one more locker room report to get to. It is uh, John Runyon standing by with Larry McCarron. Larry's a heck of a guy. He will stay as long as we need him to to get these locker room reports in. John Runyon, the second-year pro on the offensive line, stepping into a pretty major situation tonight and holding up well. You'd Really didn't even hear his name. John, does it get any better than a win like tonight's? I'm kind of speechless uh, going out there. You know, it was a hard fight. We knew it was going to be a four-quarter game. And, uh, you know, both sides of the ball, special teams, played really complimentary. And you're going out there, 37 seconds, no timeouts, being in a march down the field, getting to uh, field goal range and knocking it through. It doesn't feel any better than that. It was an unbelievable game, one of the best games I've ever been a part of. You know, just a couple weeks ago, when you guys opened the season, the left side of the offensive line is a little different, or a lot different than it is tonight. How are things between you and Yash out there? Yeah, it's good. I mean, we know me and him don't have a lot of game experience, and, you know, we, we practice a lot together. So, you know, we go out there, and it's pretty similar to practice. So, you know, we're doing our thing, communicating, and make sure we're on the same page. and. Uh, the results show, and uh, out there going against a really good D-line. Uh, it was really impressive, and I think we held up pretty well. And we are joined by David Bakhtiari. David, what did you think of the young fellows on the left side there? Um, ascending is, uh, I think, the best word to describe. I think uh, guys are settling in, guys are stepping up in positions, and I think uh, the film shows that. I think uh, guys are showing what it means to be a pro, consistency, and that's... Uh, that equates an offense line of productivity because we're all about the production of the offense. Thank you, David. Thank you, John. Thank you. you appreciate it. Yeah, a little cameo from David Bontiari there. How nice. Very good stuff. Uh, by the way, did you see the exchange between Matt LaFleur and Kyle Shanahan after the game? Remember, these two have a history. They go long back, right? Best friends and very tight. Well, maybe not anymore. We'll... Uh, play what Matt LaFleur had to say about that very brief exchange at the end of the game coming up on the other side. First, a look around the league, and it is presented by our good friends at Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. little AFC glance. And the Packers, victory over the 49ers, wasn't the only walk-off winner today. Good snap, good hold. Jackpot, baby! The Raiders become the first team in history of the NFL to win their first three games against teams that all won at least ten games the previous season. Brent Musburger with the call on the Compass Media Vegas Raiders Radio Network. 386 yards passing for Derek Carr. The Raiders earned the victory here. 31-28 the final 
They are now 3-0 for the first time since 2002. Denver Broncos are also 3-0. Double tight end set plus a fullback on first and goal at the one. They hand it off running left side. Gordon hit and runs through a tackle and prances into the end zone with a Denver touchdown. Melvin Gordon in for a touchdown. The Broncos blank the winless Jets 26 to nothing. Call courtesy of Dave Logan and KOA. As for the Chiefs, well, they're the one that's looking to get back to 500 here after losing today to the Chargers. Herbert to throw toward the end zone. Mike Williams caught touchdown. Chargers fist bump from Keenan Allen. Four yards, Herbert to Mike Williams for the second time today, and the Bolts go up six. Matt Smith with the call on Alt 98.7 in Los Angeles, the Chargers radio network. San Diego, I should say Los Angeles, picked off Patrick Mahomes twice, including late in the fourth with the Chiefs driving. So the Broncos are 3-0, the Raiders are 3-0, the Chiefs are 1-2. Elsewhere around the league in the NFC North, the Vikings pick up a 30-17 victory over the Seattle Seahawks. It was the Rams over the Buccaneers, 34-24. Cardinals over the Jaguars, 31-19. Jacksonville, 0-3. Bengals over the Steelers by a score of 24-10. Cincinnati now 2-1. The Steelers, not a great day on offense for them. Ben Roethlisberger just doesn't quite look the same, does he? Steelers also missing the top receiving threat. They fall 24-10. The Giants remain winless. Now 0-3. The Falcons upend New York 17-14. Saints over the Patriots 28-13. It was the Titans 25. Colts 16. Indianapolis now 0-3 on the season. A 66-yard field goal from Justin Tucker as time expired. Hit the crossbar and bounced over and through. Ravens pull up a thrilling 1917 win over the Lions, who are now 0-3. And in Cleveland, Justin Fields sacked nine times in a 26-6 loss to the Browns. It was Fields' first career start, the rookie quarterback for the Bears. Bills over the Washington football team, 43-21. We'll wrap, Packers, uh, wrap up Packers OT on the other side. Packers football is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Rodgers in the shotgun. Here's the snap. Looking left. Pumps, throws. Left side of the end zone. Touchdown! A sensational throw and catch to MVS to beat Lenore in the corner of the end zone. And the Packers on the board leading 23-14. to And not sure the status of Marquez Valdez-Scaling. did haul in a deep ball, got a touchdown from Aaron Rodgers today. So that's going the right direction. But then later in the game in the fourth quarter, uh, MVS had to leave the game with uh, an apparent hamstring injury. It just it looked like he kind of pulled up lame on a deep ball, and we'll see if he's okay. But uh, nonetheless, the Packers prevail 30-28 to the final. Green Bay improves to 2-1 with, uh, with the victory. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. So did you see the end of the game, the very end of the game? If you caught the TV broadcast, and we've got it on in the studio here as we listen along with Wayne and Larry, uh, Matt LaFleur and Kyle Shanahan have a, a history, right? They go back some ways. In Atlanta, right? They are friendly with one another, or at least they were. At the end of tonight's game, it was, uh, I, I don't know that they even ever made eye contact. It was about as brief and as cold a passing as you could imagine from two guys who uh, used to be tied anyway. Now, both were asked about it during the course of the week. 
Remember, the, the Niners and Aaron Rodgers, there was like a little thing there, right, when everything blew up around the draft. And apparently there's much more to that story, but Matt LaFleur was asked if there was uh, any ill will, any frustration directed toward the Niners organization and his friend Kyle Shanahan. And he said, no, right, you just diffused it, to uh, you know, put it away, was not asked about it again. Kyle Shanahan did a similar thing throughout the week. But uh, it, the passing of Matt LaFleur and Kyle Shanahan at the 50-yard line or wherever they met in the field, it was brief, it was uncomfortable-looking, I, it didn't it didn't scream to me that you know these guys are tight anymore. So Matt Lafleur was asked about that after the game. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, you know, I, I'd say you have to ask Kyle about that. I'm sure I, I know Kyle, and he's ultra competitive. And I'm, you know, it's that's that's a tough moment for anybody to be in. And you know, I'm sure he was ticked off that we were able to take the ball down and kick a field goal to win the football game but yeah it's certainly um, I'm not going to let anything that we've got a lot of history together so I'm not going to let anything come between our our friendship okay all right yeah good enough hey doesn't matter really it was just an, an observation following tonight's game I talked about this earlier, and Matt LaFleur was asked about it after the game, about the game plan. And there was a, a very clear game plan, I think, here for the Packers. Number one, I think they felt like they could run the ball, and they averaged a little over four, uh, four yards a pop, or right around four yards a pop. And San Francisco was allowing five yards per carry coming into tonight's game. Small sample size, but nonetheless, they allowed five yards per carry coming in. They were also beat up in the secondary. So even though the Packers had you know, kind of a makeshift offensive line, there were opportunities for the Packers that they never really deviated from. This game plan appeared consistent to me. They took their deep shots. They mixed in the run. They had some tight end screens and things like that. Um, adequate amount of pre-snap motion. We saw a lot of that from San Francisco. But I, I thought it was a very consistent game plan organized by Matt LaFleur, and they never really deviated from it. The, the natural tendency is to press and try to, create a big play and you know ultimately you gotta you gotta continue to do what's gotten you to that point and I thought prior to that we were you know at least staying with the run and uh, you know that's it's a it's a good learning lesson for myself again so the next few weeks for the Green Bay Packers line up as such they will take on the Pittsburgh Steelers at Lambeau Field on October 3rd so uh, we're away from prime time until uh, right around Halloween time, anyway. So a 3:25 kick from Lambeau. So you got the Steelers, Bengals, Bears, and Washington football team. And uh, right now, out of that group, the Bengals look like the best team out of the mix, right? I mean, am I wrong about that? They <laughs> they look like a solid team right now. Uh, they beat Pittsburgh earlier today. Washington is uh, okay, but I don't think they're what people expected at the start of the season. The Bears have been a mess, and they can't really figure out their offense overall. And uh, Pittsburgh is struggling mightily, too. They look they look old to me. They just look old. I, and maybe it's just the quarterback. But, you know, it, you look at the schedule at the start of the season, and you see the stretch of San Francisco and then Pittsburgh. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank goodness they got the Bengals there to be a little buffer before a division opponent. It doesn't look like that anymore. It just doesn't. Things change quickly here uh, in the NFL. 
We are out of time on tonight's program. We'll wrap up with some uh, box score stats here. Aaron Rodgers, 261 yards, passing a couple of touchdowns, 23 of 33 on the night. Solid night for Aaron Rodgers and, of course, what he was able to do in leading the Packers down the field into field goal range before time expired was uh, was classic Aaron Rodgers. Classic Aaron Rodgers. 19 carries, 82 yards for Aaron Jones. He also had a touchdown, 4.3 yards per carry. Brilliant night for Devontae Adams. 12 receptions, 132 yards, and a score. Marquez Valdez-Scanling also finds the end zone. Three receptions and 59 yards for MVS. So solid night of offense here. And the defense was strong for the most part. Good pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo. You like to see that. Hopeful to take another step forward here against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We are out of time. Thank you for being a part of our program each and every week. Thanks to our executive producer of the Packers Radio Network, Ashton Rotman, producer of Packers OT and coordinating producer, Greg Hill, and you for being part of our program. Once again, the final, the Packers, 30, the 49ers, 28. You've been listening to a presentation of the Packers Radio Network.